0: Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and every week I sit down with one or several members of our church staff and host a conversation about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission as the Church of Jesus Christ here in our city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst, and if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. Welcome, everyone, to the Bridgeway Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are wrapping up our four-week series on community. So far, we've talked about the biblical foundations for community. We've talked about um, how to pray for one another and use the gifts in community. And we've looked at what involving our kids in community groups look like. And today, we're going to wrap up with um, one of the topics that's very near and dear to Andy's heart, which is missions in community. It's literally your title in ministry, your role here at Bridgeway. So, discipleship and discipleship mission. Discipleship and mission. So we're finally going to get to that back part. It's time. It's time. So um, we're going to talk about that. And in order to do that, we've brought in a couple other guests. If you want to introduce them, Andy.
1: Yes, we have our very own mobilizers who are uh, really, they're building a pipeline to get our people to the unreached places in the world to share the gospel. Uh, Jamie Grow and Shane Myers. It's going to be a fun time. I'm telling you, you got, you're got you going to want to like focus in because there's going to be some fun missional conversation going on. It's going to be great. I'm excited. And so I know what
0: we talked about was, um, this was like three weeks ago when we laid the biblical foundations for missions. We kind of walked through the storyline of the Bible to show why on earth are we in community? <laughs> like why are we a people rather than individuals? And then when we are a people, um, what do we to be about. And so we looked at how God in eternity past was in uh, fellowship in the Trinity. And then when he created man and woman, it was not good for man to be alone. So they formed a family. And then through forming that family, they were to grow, be fruitful, multiply, to cover the earth with God's image so that the whole earth might be filled with his glory. Um, They didn't do that. And so it passed on to Abraham. And uh, they were gonna, God made a, a family through Abraham that would bless all nations and his children would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. But Israel failed to fulfill that, uh, that plan as well. And then in Jesus, it's done perfectly. And Jesus now is forming a new family, his universal body. And the whole point of um, us being together in community is to be this new family of God that is living our lives and loving each other in such a way that the people around us um, and the people very far from us are able to see the light of the glory of the gospel. And be made into the image of God, just like Adam and Eve were originally, to be recreated so that one day God's image will cover the world as waters cover the sea. And so that's what we're talking about today is there are places in the world that do not have the glory of God there in in, in, a, in, a, in a Christian and in a, in a Christian community. And those are the places we want to go because God is worthy of worship and because his glory is. It deserves to be in every inch of creation in a physical, um, like, because it's there in creation, you know, but it's like he wants to take up residence in a community there. So that's kind of the broad stroke vision of of what we're talking about today. But we're going to look at doing missions in community. So maybe help me there, Andy, because I feel like uh, a lot of the missionary biographies, you know, I've read have been adoniram judson he was just a firecracker of an individual and one day his life was changed and he set out for burma all on his own with luther rice at his right side and he crossed the great sea isn't it, that beautiful it wasn't like but it seemed not seem like community you know it's like why why are community and missions going
1: hand in hand for you I mean, it's it's when we go back and think about Acts 2, 42 through 47, we talked about what they were devoted to, apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. And then these things start to happen. In this last sentence, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And those were added through seeing the biblical community in action. Mm. And so that's going to be the basis. We talk all the time, John 13, John 17. There is a way that God has created community to come together, to love one another and when you love one another, they'll know that you're his disciples. And then John 17, when you're unified in one together so that, why are we unified mm-hmm. in one, in community, so that they would know that the Father sent the Son. And okay. so we're going back to that base. Like community yep. is going to lead to Habakkuk 2.14. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the mm-hmm. sea. And that's what we want to see. And then there's a command for us to go and share the gospel, right? Yeah. And so we want to be a. We want to say, okay, in our community, what does it look like? We talked at the very end, uh, that very first episode, of we don't just want to be like a holy huddle, right? And like never leave our home and like worship, and because that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is that we would uh, uh, really be unable to contain. Mm his goodness and the love that he showed us so it has to go out and so today we as we talk to shane and jamie we just want to walk through how yeah like definitely how do we move to uh being missional within our community groups what does that look like it can't just be huddling together but huddling together is vitally important yeah i mean so it's a big in deal. order
0: to help me work through that distinction a little bit. Uh, let me, I'll, I'll ask, I'll push on your buttons a little bit. And if you guys wanna jump in, you can, but there's this There's this tension I feel at least right now, where there's there are definitely commands in the Bible that talk about, they will know that God sent me. Jesus is like, people are gonna know that Jesus is the son of God because there's Christian communities that love each other. So it's like, okay, like living out our love for one another in the world is extremely important and they will know that Jesus is the son of God. Like that's our biggest apologetic is our love for one another. Cool. But then also, I also know that like, if I look at the examples in Acts, other examples in Acts, you know, it's like, it was the preaching of the word and the telling of the gospel story. Like Paul staying in front of a bunch of people, just telling the truth of the gospel out of the scriptures or, you know, Romans uh, 10, it's like, how are they going to know unless someone teaches them? So it's like, Is missions teaching, or is it living out life in community? Is it both? How do they work together? I'm curious how you guys would parse those out, unpack them, or make them one. I'm just curious. Well, and that's
1: what's going to be a beautiful part of the conversation is it is both and, because there is no salvation outside of the proclamation of the gospel. We know that. We know that's why there are unreached people groups. Mm -hmm. They cannot be saved. If a bunch of people went over there and tried to love each other well and never... Mm-hmm. proclaim right. their life death burial and resurrection of Jesus then there is no salvation and the, and the glory of God isn't being moved to the uttermost parts of the earth. Mm-hmm. So it is a both and I think we tend to go in one direction or the other. Right. We tend to say we're going to hunker down yeah. and then we never move out or we say no hunkering down, yeah. just go. Just go. go. Yeah. Just go. So how how do you guys th- it is a tension and it's going to be a tension in the conversation today because we have to find that place biblically of being together mm-hmm. because that's how they'll see, but it can't be then just being together. It has to be going out together too. Yeah. Shane, what do you think about that?
2: Well, I think that the, the one thing I would add is I think a lot of times it's not always just it's one or the other. It's one or... Or the uh, like one and then the other. Mm. So it's this idea of like, well, we're gonna love people for a while first, and then once we feel like there's this bridge of trust, we'll drop the gospel in there, <laughs> and that's when we'll proclaim. yeah, but when you read Paul, right, uh, that that it was both at the same time, early and often. it wasn't you know, just hesitancy in sharing the gospel, trying to hope prove it by love. I mean, it, it was both. And so that, that's what I would add to that. It's early, mm. much earlier than we I think. Yeah. think. So I th-
1: think it's a really good point. You're saying the proclamation piece, we, we tend have a tendency if we are huddled together to be like, we've got to make sure that they're going to be ready to hear it. Yeah, right. And it needs to be like on our lips from the beginning mm-hmm. and serving and loving them. Yeah, I've definitely seen that be
0: a a hurdle to the proclamation of the gospel as well. You know, I'm just building that relationship right now, you know, and Paul was never afraid to be like, the cross is a stumbling block. Mm -hmm. And I lived my life in such a way around you that everybody was cool with me. You know, (laughs) like it was like always a both ends. Like, how are you making everybody mad by preaching about the cross and everyone's your friend because you're such a nice guy to be around? That doesn't go together, right? right? But it does. Yeah. Jamie, is there anything you would add to this?
3: Yeah, I think the only thing that I think of, too, is that um, oftentimes we sort of compartmentalize Mm. uh, when we're going to share the gospel and when we're going to talk about that amongst each other. And so we have designated times in our lives and our schedules where we talk about what we're reading in Scripture um, or how the Lord is meeting us in our time with him or the problems that we're taking to his feet. and so, even if you do like get outside your holy huddle and yeah. or invite people into that, um, people can sometimes fall into a trap of like, I. Like they'll just they'll just see us interacting with each other and we won't proclaim it in that space either. And it's because we're out of the habit of proclaiming it to each other mm. when there are yeah. unbelievers when there aren't unbelievers there with us. And so getting more into a rhythm of just this is what we actually do and not just what we do when we're on mission.
0: Yeah. I love that answer. I think the idea of man, when we're in community, what's on our lips? I mean, if we're devoting ourselves to the apostles teaching and to the breaking of the bread, which is preaching the gospel story over ourselves. And like, what what are we talking about when we get together? We're talking about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus over and over and over again. So whenever we come upon a nonbeliever, what's on my lips already? I was halfway through the gospel story when you showed up, you know? It's like it's just there. You know, you prick me and the gospel comes out because that's what I've been trained in community to do Mm -hmm. and if you walk by my community what are you going to hear you're going to hear the gospel like i think that's a really good answer jamie shane anything to to add to that
2: well the thing i think and there's kind of this term out there and you you just alluded to it david but it's this idea of what we call shema statements it Mm -hmm. comes from deuteronomy 6 you know where it says when you're on the road when you're at home the word of the lord is on your lips right And it's uh, something I've been challenging myself to do. The Lord showed me a couple weeks ago is how often every day am I asked, how are you today from Mm -hmm. the cash register, cashier, from people out and about. And our answer 99.9% of the time is I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. And just trying to think like even in just that, how can we be sharing the gospel just through actually being vulnerable and saying, you know what, I'm actually pretty tired today. My kids were up late, but I'm asking God to give me the strength for the day or just little things like that so that we're using every opportunity to effectively do that. And if we're doing that in community and we're talking about that more, that is also easier to do.
0: Yeah. What I love about the Shema statement idea is that, you know, there's nothing and not to like, like, to like throw shade on the idea of using colloquialisms in everyday conversation to make inroads for the gospel. But what I love about the Shema statement is there's nothing duplicitous about it or tricky about it. It's just like, as you're walking, just say, oh, the Lord, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. What are you talking about? Oh, sorry. I was just running through the Shema. It's like, you're just <laughs> you're just talking about Yahweh and his goodness yeah. everywhere you go. It's like, and like, and they just they interrupt you while you're preaching the gospel to yourself. It's like, it like, wouldn't that be funny if someone was just like, "What are you talking about? Oh, I'm just telling myself the gospel. What's that? Oh, here, let me share with you. Like, that'd be pretty silly, but it'd be amazing too.
1: Well, and it's it's you're introducing. I mean, as simple as saying God or Jesus, you're 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 making it a spiritual conversation instead of just a resi- re- regular physical right. everyday conversation. Totally. You're, you're immediately saying, "Hey, th- I believe there's something bigger." Yep and And that is I think where friendship evangelism fails. It's like mm-hmm. i'm going to i'm gonna to get to know you mm-hmm. i'm gonna I'm gonna have friendship relationship with you at work. it's gonna be we're gonna talk about the sooners. we're gonna talk about the thunder, do all this stuff. and six months later, I'm like, man, I think it's time. Mm. And then they when you then say, okay, I just I want you to know I, I I mean, I really love jesus and 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 you know he's he's done so much in my life, and they're like, why why is this the first time, right? In this relationship, I didn't even know. Right. It can't be that important to you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a big deal. Yeah. So I I think within community, and I love the breaking of bread piece, because if we are doing communion and and talking about the body and blood of Jesus together, it has to start coming out of us. Mm. Now, my question back would be, a a lot of our community groups are doing some of this. Mm -hmm. Why is it not coming out of us? Mm,
0: Yeah. Is that fair? I think it could be. I think it could also be unfair. I, think, I know. I think it could. <laughs> this be, is this would be fun. <laughs> I think it could be fair in 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 the fact that like, uh, Bridgeway isn't shrinking, because you know people aren't people aren't because we're losing people to the mission field. So in a sense, people aren't leaving, but it might be working in a way. It might be unfair in in, in a way because maybe there's lots of little conversations happening. You know, I think when we talk about especially missional things, we tend to be overly pessimistic about. what's happening and our like, yeah, it's like, I think we talk about Jesus a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) like and so anyway, I think we could also say it might be a little unfair, but it's definitely fair because we're not going, you know, like,
1: well, we're not going. And, and, and when I say that this, mm -hmm. this is where I, it can be an indictment on people, I'm indicting my heart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I can just be real vulnerable in here and say, there's a lot of conversations I have that are not laced at all with the gospel. Totally, mm-hmm. And not even just the gospel where I don't bring God in. I don't pray. I don't even think to pray for the person. And I, so that's just, and I, I, so I feel like that's for me. So I'm asking my, it's a very internal, mm. and then I turn it on me. Uh, I've been through a, a DMT, which is a disciple-making team, which is a training we have at Bridgeway okay. um, that just says, how do you live this out in every sphere of your life? And it, ju- it really started pressing buttons in me of like, mm. man, actually, in community group, and this is a question I'd have for you, does there need to be times in community group where we're actually praying for unbelievers and saying, hey, it I want to have a spiritual conversation with someone this week, Mm. not as a check and I'm going to help bring the kingdom necessarily, but like if we're to go and proclaim, wouldn't it be a good accountability piece to say like, are we?
0: Yeah. So I'll ask that to you guys in a different way. Like what are some good ways to incorporate and fan into flame the spirit of missions in our regular rhythms and community group?
2: They're fighting over who's going to (laughs) answer. All right, Shane, how about it? Um, I mean, there's a there's kind of a lot running through my mind, yeah. and a lot of people would prioritize certain things over others. Um, I mean, for myself, it really went back to kind of what you talked about earlier, David, of this biblical heart of God mm-hmm. that from the beginning He created man in His image and said, "Go fill the earth." You know, and at that time they were full of God's glory because right. there was no sin yet. And then there's sin, and we think, okay, well, I guess are we still supposed to fill the earth? And then you hear about, you know, after the story of Noah's Ark, Mm -hmm. he says, go and fill the earth. His promise to Abraham is I'm gonna make you a great nation and all nations will be blessed through you. And as I just really went through the scripture and just realized that from Genesis all the way to Revelation, you know, culminating in this picture of Revelation 7, 9 of people from every tribe, language and nation, surrounding the throne and saying, worthy are you. Um, I think it just like being reminded of that was where my heart started. And then the more I'd share that with other people and encourage that, the more we thought, yes, like this is it. Yeah, Like I, I am here for no other reason than to see Jesus proclaimed all around the world. And so I feel like if it doesn't start with that conviction, and really understanding how much of the word talks about that, then we do kind of lose, you know, like Paul says it, I believe that the gospel is the power of God to mm-hmm. salvation. Yep. But if we don't really understand, like, what all of that means, exactly. that that's God's whole purpose in all of this, then we don't really believe that. Yeah, we, we, really we talked
0: a little bit about that in the first episode where it's the, it's the, the why behind Mm -hmm. everything is so important. It's like, okay, so I'm supposed to tell people about Jesus, but why? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, because I'm joining him in the very reason why the earth was made. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Like, it just elevates the discussion so much higher that, like, You don't just, and like, there's, yeah, there's other, there's other reasons. It's like, because you can't keep it in because you're so in love with Jesus, because you want to save people from hell, like, because there is a better life for them with Jesus than without Jesus. Like, there's all these other ancillary answers that are so true and good, Mm -hmm. and they're good motivators for mission. But there is this story that we get to be involved in that is shown to us in the revelation of the Bible. That I think in community, as we can devote ourselves to the apostles teaching, like we will continually see how God is bringing us into this story he's been telling from creation. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Jamie.
3: Yeah. And I would just add for for me, it was kind of a a mental shift of realizing, yeah, more the why. Mm. Like when I'm waking up every day, am I finding my soul happy in God? Like that Mm. abide piece is really big. Um, We all need to do that individually, but then corporately it's. It's very helpful to do that in community. We are to help Mm -hmm. each other abide. Um, But then I just started reevaluating the success or failure of my days, not on what I was doing, but like is my soul happy before the Lord? Did I worship him today? Like Mm -hmm. I exist to be a worshiper of him, Mm -hmm. um, and did I proclaim him? Like the only reason I'm not in heaven right now just after after coming to know him and following him is because we are to proclaim. Like we are the ones – who he has tasked to do that. And so um, I think in the greater concept of this conversation, like what are the logistics of some of that? I think Bridgeway, it does do a good job. We do a good job speaking of the Lord, speaking of the gospel, and more and more so over the years, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we could stand to grow in really turning up the volume um, Mm. of how loudly we are speaking of him. Are we doing that together in community or only by ourselves? Again, with what frequency? So just, I think we could grow in turning up the volume. What are
0: some ways that you guys have found um, to be helpful in encouraging one another in our community groups and our weekly rhythms to be on mission? Like, what are some things that you found, practically speaking, that that you found helpful?
2: I mean, the first, I think, starts with whoever, if they're the facilitator or leader Mm -hmm. of the group just casting that vision and reminding okay. people weekly, like, what are we here for? Mm. You know, we're not here as consumers. Right. We're here to build each other up towards love and good works. And we're then going and sharing that. Um, one thing we have found helpful is in our groups, we have a big piece of poster board. Mm. And every week we just say, hey, like, who is who went out this week and started engaging people in conversation? And the names we write down are people that... Uh, we had approached, we had spiritual conversations with, may have prayed with, and have a way of following up with them. Mm-hmm. So it could be someone we already knew—a coworker, a family member, a friend, a neighbor. It could be someone we met at the grocery store or intentionally went out trying to engage people, and mm-hmm. as we prayer walked or whatnot. And what that's been really helpful for is one, it allows us to remember the names of some of these people. But we also have little symbols that we'll write next to them. Like a, a cross means we share the gospel with them, okay, like the, yeah. the explicit gospel. A little Bible might be we started a discovery Bible group with them. Um, we have, you know, another thing for if they came to faith or if they got baptized as a way for us to say, hey, like we we have 30 names on here mm. and we only have three gospel shares. Right. right. Hey, guys. Like. Let's encourage each other that this week we're each going to share the gospel with one of these people on the list. Yeah, uh, and so just having that has been really good, and it, and it feels very unthreatening mm-hmm. um, because you're not saying what are you guys doing. It's just like, hey, we put this name down because we like the Lord brought us to this person. Um, how can we keep being faithful to follow up? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times we think we'll walk up to somebody. We'll pray for someone. We may even share the gospel with someone and then it's that odd ending to it, it's like, yeah. hey, this was awesome. Like, you have a great day. And <laughs> like for us, we're like, get a number. Yeah. You know? Right. Have uh, some way yeah. to follow, follow up, up with them. And then that way we can continue. And um we also do things on a regular basis that we call Matthew parties. Okay. You know, you remember back in the book of Matthew, there's a story. Of you know Matthew gathering his tax collector friends yep. and some of the other sinners, um, and inviting Jesus into that, yeah. and the disciples and experiencing that love of Jesus in that moment. And so we try to do recurring events where it's like, hey, we're going to get together, and it may be just a dinner. Yeah. We may have like a night where we do stories. Mm-hmm. Like we ask everyone who's coming to just have a story about their life that they can share. Um, one we're going to be trying next week is we're going to have a basket with just questions in it, and oh, we're going yeah. to ask people just draw a question and answer the question and get to know each other. But it's for a community. Uh-huh. But we're also inviting neighbors, unbelievers into that, so that it's it's this space where it's like, hey, like yeah. we're inviting you into community in a non threatening way. We're not saying, hey, we're like reading the Bible and worshiping. You ready to right. jump in with yeah. us? You know, but but we're. <laughs> That we're encouraging each other that we're not just here to have a party like Mm -hmm. we're here to engage people right I love that
0: I I love the I love the prayers that are like in that that poster board you guys have with because I think it's such a cool visual representation of how like what's happening in this room is kind of blossoming out into the world and i love the matthew parties i've never heard of that title before i love that jamie what what about you
3: I i was just gonna add thinking about our poster boards um you know i've been in several community groups over the years here at bridgeway that have used that tool and what's really fun is when um you know someone else puts a name on the board and you as a community group like are praying fervently mm. over those names and then all of a sudden you go out um and you meet that person mm. or someone puts a name on the board and they describe like how they met them and you're like oh i met them today mm. and um i don't know just seeing meeting people or meeting them at a matthew party even and just be like oh i this is the guy like i've been praying for you for four years and i didn't I didn't know you'd be here tonight. And you don't mm. tell them that generally. Right, it's amazing. Some, I mean, sometimes you can. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you can, really. Um, yeah. But just internally, like it's it's motivating and mm. it's sweet and it's encouraging to see how the sovereignty of God is, is bringing people and drawing more mm-hmm. people to himself and putting them in places where they are having touch points with the body of Christ um, to hear of him repeatedly and, and see what it looks like when they gather. And it's really energizing. and It's really fun as a community to just see those names on the board. Um, yeah, it it helps with correction. If you realize like, Oh man, I really, I I do need to call that person again. So just practically it's helpful, but it's also just really energizing, I think, to the group.
0: I love that. So, um,
2: could uh, I add one thing? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the other really cool thing, um, is like how often it seems like we hit a dead end with somebody Mm. Mm -hmm. and then they, but they might come to a Matthew party Mm. and then they strike up another conversation with someone there and then it just takes off again. I see. And like, so that's the other beauty of community Mm -hmm. is that, you know, in the right. You're not the only one. And sometimes, (laughs) you know, for personality reasons, whatever, totally interests Mm -hmm. like, it just takes off with somebody. Big and that time. has happened numerous times. And so that's that's just been another really encouraging thing. Yeah. And
3: we get to celebrate as a group mm-hmm. and so it's less about like this person is was mine. Right. And I invested in them and more like we were really loving seeing you like Mm. continue that conversation because man, I couldn't take it any further or they just weren't responding or Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, it it puts that celebration on what God is doing, Mm -hmm. um, through his body, as opposed to that temptation for pride of like, look what I have done. Oh,
0: I love that. So one thing I want to hear you guys talk about, I think these, these have been some really cool practical applications for, um, not only applications for seeing how community can be a part of mission in like neighborhoods, you know, but also like these, these practical outworkings are helping even me see why community and mission go hand in hand, like, so well, like even the personality difference thing where it's like, man, I met this guy and he needs Jesus, but I just don't connect with him at all. You know, it's like, but man, Tim, you sure would. So you guys need to get together. I think that's really helpful for me to see. Uh, What I also want to hear you guys talk about is how can we use community as a vehicle to send people to the nations mm-hmm. and to get to the unreached, because like, mm-hmm. you know, everyone I'm going to come in contact with, with you know, night with like one percent exception is going to have heard the name of Jesus, unless I run in my international friends, you know, who are here, which is a whole other conversation we should probably have. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what are some things we can do? Because I don't think so, something that does not come up naturally in my community group is so. Who's moving to China? You know, <laughs> like. But uh, what are some rhythms that we could be putting into into practice in our community group to be thinking about leaving and going? Any thoughts on that?
2: Shameless self promotion. You can oh, come talk to us. There you go. How can? But seriously, how can people yeah. get a hold of you? Um, well, I mean, we both have Bridgeway emails. Um, S. Dot Myers M. Y. E. R. S. At BridgewayChurch. Com, or I think you even just send it to Missions at BridgewayChurch. Com. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's something that we really w- like. Our whole job mm-hmm. is to help people go from the the seat to overseas, mm-hmm. sharing the gospel to the unreached. So we we have trainings and other tools um, that we can specifically help you with. Yep. But from a community side, um, yeah, honestly. Um, So there's this book that we work through in our uh, 10-week disciple-making teams, and in it uh, there's this story about a church that was involved uh, with some of the work that the author had been a part of. And he said that there were times where people would feel like, that's not for me. I'm not called to do that. You know, we have this magic call that we're <laughs> <Right>. waiting for. <laughs> yep. And it's like, well, he said, go make disciples of all nations. There's so the call's call. already <laughs> been given. Um, but he, he said that in the church, it, like they would talk about the missions, but no one ever seemed to go. Mm. And then he went to another church that he was also working with, but and people were going. Mm. And he noticed that it was because elders, community group leaders were identifying people that they saw the Lord doing things in. Wow. And then challenging them personally to say, would would you, like the Lord has given you giftings Mm. that we could see you impacting the kingdom in amazing ways in other places. Would you pray and consider going? Yeah. And so I think it takes it from this level of like everybody's being cast this and we can all look at the other person and say, oh. I mean it probably applies to that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Um they would but, be or they would be better, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How often we disqualify ourselves. Definitely. Um but I think that like that's huge too of just like having us as leaders have this idea of like we want to be sending our best. Trust that the Lord's going to bring more in. Yeah. Um so I think that challenge and just thinking that way as yeah. leaders is also so really So if I can
0: reiterate that in a, in a different way maybe is like if you're in community or you lead a community, be prayerfully looking for people that you can encourage to go on mission mm-hmm. and then also mm-hmm. be prayerfully considering yourself. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, what a powerful thing that would be to have someone come up to you, whether it's a peer or a pastor, and then come up to you and be like, man, I am just – so overwhelmed with how you impact our community. And like, I just see Christ all over you and you're so gifted in the Holy spirit. Have you ever considered going to the mission field? Cause I think God would do great things with, with you there. Like imagine the impact that would have on someone. Like no one's ever said that to me, <laughs> you know? And like, uh, it, David, that's probably That's probably Cause I'm always trying to leave. Let me do, you mean do it. You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can go talk to God about that. I've been trying to leave for a long time. Uh, and, uh, but man, what a powerful! I'm just, I'm, I'm just like blown away by the impact that would have on mm-hmm. people. And isn't that just? Doesn't that just sound like community? Doesn't it just sound like mm-hmm. encouraging and edifying? And like,
1: no. hey, have you considered going? <laughs> well, and then I think like when we think about. Uh, that, like that calling out is huge. It's huge. and it probably doesn't happen very often. And mostly because we're intimidated. Oh, yeah we're I don't like, want to be like, hey, you should
0: move you and your five
1: kids to Africa right we really see this yeah, you know? right. so it's intimidating. I think if you drop it down a level two and you're in your community groups, I think it can be as simple as what if our community group, what if a couple in our community group was an advocate or on an advocacy team mm-hmm. for the Fergusons who are getting ready to leave for Germany? Mm-hmm. And then what does that do? It immediately locks in a connection. We have one group that we don't really have a lot of connection with this gate church in the UK, but they, like, pray for them. They love them. They're ta- they've they taken trips over there. Mm-hmm. And you can already tell, like, I could see someone coming out of that. But it's mm-hmm. because it's being cultivated by... Even if it's not every week, which there's a part of me that's like, every week, you know, for the nations. But even if it's not, like, are we in our group praying for a specific unreached group? That's right. Yeah. That's like, if you want to start like basic, like we're praying for those who are in Turkey. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? Someone starts researching Turkey. And they're like, I wonder what it's like there and wow, the, the percentage of people that don't know Jesus or that have no opportunity, mm-hmm. oh, no, that can't be me. And then you hear that all the time. Like, everyone said it couldn't be me. Yeah. Oh, always, and then yeah. something happens. So yeah, that, that's, that's cool. like a low-hanging
0: fruit I love fruit that. Piece. That's a really good low-hanging fruit to be like, find a missionary that even Bridgeway supports and become an ambassador for them for your group and just lead your, hey, guys, don't forget, we got to pray for Bob and Susie today, you know, and like, you just do it. And yeah, it just come. It becomes a part of the thing. That's really cool. Can you tell us about
1: advocacy teams at all? Like, what is an advocacy team?
3: <laughs> I don't know that I want to explain what an advocacy team is. Um, yeah. An, an advocacy team is a group of I think we have a four person minimum, um, but it could be more than that. But we're going to cap it at uh, 10, I believe, Andy. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a relatively small targeted group of people who are just going to own the care and communication um for a specific unit on the field so that might be a married couple Mm -hmm. that might be a single person um, but they're going to say like we're we are part of your team and and as i was going to say a little bit earlier too is that we want to kind of even up the playing field and get the goers off this really high pedestal Mm -hmm. um, and begin to shift the culture of our church so that the advocacy teams and those people that are um, caring for supporting in all aspects of that word for the goers um, are deeply invested in what they're doing amongst the UnReach. Yeah. Um, and they see themselves as just like part of that team. They just happen to be here. And uh, so we wanna kind of shift that cultural change and get people on a team. Uh, Shane, I don't know if you wanna talk more about the specifics of an advocacy team. Go for sure. it, I'm gonna let you do it. <laughs>
2: um, so just a, a little bit of a background. Um, There's been a lot of research done into the longevity of people on the field, Mm -hmm. and they found that it's about a 50% attrition rate for people who go overseas and then come back within two years due to what they determined to be preventable causes, uh, things that the missions agency or church has identified as like, we could have done something different to keep them there. Uh, And one of those things is that when people get on the plane to go overseas, yes, the church that sends them... Probably supports them financially and there'll be some people there praying and they might have their name or their picture on the wall But outside of that the church really doesn't do anything to try and keep caring for them Yeah, Um, and so what we want to do is help people within the body realize like this isn't just for our missions pastor to keep track of everybody on the field (laughs) and try to care for them It's our call as a body. Definitely, like we are, we can be just as involved in seeing people come to the Lord in India by praying, by committing to pray passionately, reaching out once a month, and supporting. So that's what an advocacy team is: is we have a team leader who is in charge of making sure that the the person overseas is getting uh, reached out to. We have people that can pray to be or can sign up to be dedicated intercessors where they're just committing to all the time, be praying for people. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have people who are going to be kind of, I can't remember the exact title, but they're basically furlough. So they stateside relations. relations. Thank you. Um, So when the person's coming back, they help them figure out where you're staying. Hey, where are you staying? How can you get a car? What's your itinerary? Like, let's take care of you while you're back. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're just ways where the body here can maintain that care piece, so that when people get overseas, they don't just feel like yeah. all of a sudden they're on an island in the middle of the Pacific. They still have people caring for them, mm-hmm. and 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 the commitment isn't just, yeah, we'll read your newsletter. Like right. these are people that are also going to help them fundraise, like give them yep. ideas for fundraising, mm-hmm. review newsletters. Like these are people who are saying we are there to support you however we can, mm-hmm. and it'll it takes some time. Yep, but. It's so worth it. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. Jamie, we you going to add something to that?
3: Yeah, I mean, and Shane hit on it a little bit, but I was saying, you know, every member of Bridgeway can start receiving email updates from our workers on the mm. field. Um, and I would highly encourage every member to actually read what is there and oh, yeah. even just reply, clicking reply and mm. saying like, read that email. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. Like, is tremendous. It's huge. Um, yeah. The advocacy teams is is that small group of people that are saying we are going to be committed and diligent to do that and much, much more. We're making ourselves responsible. Yes. Yes. And, and so if, you know, there's a, there's some trust there too. So we're, we're going to be the safeguard. If there's things that you can't put in a newsletter, (laughs) you're really struggling with, like you can go to your advocacy team Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, Shane mentioned like the intercessor, like really some of these roles that we've kind of defined are more the facilitator of that, aspect of it, an advocacy team. So everyone is interceding, but there might be one person who's really kind of helping facilitate what that looks like for the group here on this side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, but we want to just like plug all the holes, um, for the, for the workers so that we as a church have a much more significant connection uh, for care, ongoing care and support and um, and even challenge too. I mean, I think there's, there's some measure of just like, hey, they might not be able to see some of their own blind spots and mm. their agency that they're with may not be looking as carefully at that either. And so we as their church body want to... Um, be able to kind of gently and respond to them in love and say, hey, we really think, like, it would be beneficial for you guys to Skype in and get some, you know, counseling for this specific right. issue for, yeah. you know, like, there, so there it goes both ways, too. It's the so goers cool. are really submitting themselves to um, ongoing community with yeah. Bridgeway from a distance.
2: Yeah, I love that. Well, and we keep saying, like, the last thing, and then there's always more. <laughs> there's always more. Um, but one thing I think that the advocacy team, like, the reason is really close to my heart personally, mm-hmm. is because for the first 28 years of my life, I lived in this this, world where it was like, if I have a heart for the nations or the world, my neighbor, I go be a missionary. Right. If I'm not a missionary, that kind of exempts me from having a heart. And it kind of makes me sit on the sidelines yeah. a little bit. But the reality is is that there are no sidelines in God's kingdom. We all have a position to play. Yeah. So it's whether or not we're going to embrace it and like run with it and see what the Lord's going to do. And so what the advocacy team really allows is for people to like I mean they're going to have a direct yeah. impact on fruit of the harvest. I mean, they're helping the harvester go. And so it's like each of us God wants to use to bring m- multitudes into the kingdom. Mm. Now, sometimes, I mean, I think in the past we do, we have at times the the church as a whole has kind of glorified this idea of missionary. Right. You know, and we think, oh, that must be the, the upper echelon, the super Christian. Yeah. The reality is it's like they're just, they're just another player. Yeah. Like, I mean, Paul, the number of times he reaches out to churches and says, thank you for your support of me when I was in need. Right. Or please... Can you, can you support? So, you know, (laughs) keep praying. Yeah. It's like, he didn't see himself as higher. Right. It was like, we're all in it. And yet Mm -hmm. somewhere, a lot of times we have this disconnect. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think um, that's super helpful. Um, we're going to have to wrap up our time. Uh, Andy, is there anything else you really want to make sure we circle around on with community and mission
1: i mean i just when i think of uh our community groups being missional i I think we have to think in neighborhoods so if you're listening like so so one thing we're doing which kind of moves with the matthew party but it's like we know the last community group meeting of every month for us is going to be a family meal Mm -hmm. and it's going to be in a different family house each time But when we're in that family's house, that family gets to invite neighbors to the cookout, co-workers, Mm -hmm. because they're going to come to their house. But then the goal is that we would model like, wow, they love each other, and we would be proclaiming the gospel within conversations. And So I, I want that to be this piece that on some rhythm in our community groups, that there's a place that unbelievers can come and feel like, I, we, I'm experiencing something different. Mm-hmm. This is different than when I just went and with my buddies and watched the football game last week. Like there's intentionality. These people care for one another and they keep talking about Jesus, Yeah, w- w- which is really important. So that's kind of the, the where we can maybe land the plane. Um, there are so many different ways that we can talk about it. I, I would say community group leaders, people that are in community groups, it doesn't matter. Like keep, missional evangelistic conversations on your heart. Mm-hmm. And you know how you're going to do that. We talked about it, going back to the gospel. Right. When we know what he's done for us, we are going to want to move out. And there, yes, there's fear. Um, and yes, there's a lack of boldness a lot of times in our, in our flesh. But again, as we do it together, you don't have to do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think let's bring community and mission and make it one and not a bunch of missionaries out in the city. Right. Even though that's, you might feel like that when you're at work or at school or whatever, but man, when you gather, it's like, oh, but I also know that this person in my community group was actually praying for me Mm -hmm. while I was having this conversation at work. And so it's a a, a unification of community. I mean, it's
0: beautiful. Well, the, I mean, there's so much more to talk about, like you said, and uh, it's such a huge topic, such an important topic, so close to God's heart, our heart, and uh, Shane and Jamie's heart. So thank you guys for coming and sharing just a tiny bit of that. Um, uh, missions at bridgewaychurch.com, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Send send emails if you have questions, and I'm sure they would love to reach back out to you, sit down with you for coffee, um, and, and see what's going on, and to call out of your life something amazing yeah uh,
1: if you want to know like what what is it like to reach my neighbor yeah my network the marginalized in my city which we didn't talk about right and then the nations email us and i and we will get in touch because we have a team now it's just phenomenal that are gonna be like let's sit down have coffee and talk about how to how you can actually take that to your community that's amazing well shane and jamie thank you guys so much seriously for being here today and
0: that concludes our series on community for now uh, we, will, I'm sure we'll circle back around and talk about it from other angles in the future. But until then, we hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast, where you will find a new conversation every Thursday. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BridgewayOKC, or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OKC. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at BridgewayChurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the pastors and staff here at Bridgeway Church, I'm David Bowden saying thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.